Hello and welcome to episode one of Propping Up the Bar. I'm Tim, he's Toby, and welcome along to two blokes who like beers, chats and waffle about rugby, football and cricket. We spent plenty of sports talk like the sort you'd hear from a pair of pot-bellied pub drunks. On this week's episode we'll be diving into England's first test against India, Man United in the Prem title and week one of the Six Nations. We hope you enjoy. We start off with a with a cricket, and then we'll go into some some Champo League chat, um, some football, and then we'll probably finish up with some Six Nations stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mate, run off with the um, yeah. with the cricket. You go. Yes, I guess. Yeah. What a what a win for England. I think it's their sixth away win in a row, which kind of in modern cricket is pretty pretty impressive, really. Like given sort of how much traditionally teams struggle away from home in red ball cricket, I think it's massive. A massive statement from England winning that first game against against India in Chennai. I guess massive, kind of quite an obvious place to start would be the captain leading from the front, Joe Root, 100th test. Um, I know he's coming with a lot of form in Sri Lanka, but to sort of replicate it in India against arguably the best team in the world um, is so impressive. He's moved up to number three in the test world rankings as well, so he's kind of putting himself back in that picture of the that big four debate that they talk a lot of, of Williamson, Smith, Coley and Root. I think he's he's well back in that with his start of the year. And his captaincy, I think, was also really impressive. Like I said, England have won six on the bounce away from home now. And I think last 11 tests, England have won nine, drawn two, which is, yeah, really impressive. I think his captaincy has gone under, gone under the radar a bit as well. Um, the way that he sort of galvanised that group and the bowling group in particular with a few yeah. new faces and young bowlers. Yeah, it was really impressive. And yeah, it's batting, I guess. He is yeah, quite... the massive thing in the subcontinent is playing spin. And yeah, it was just masterful to watch, really. Like they, they talk a lot about um, not being stuck in that sort of in-between zone and half forward, half back. Whenever you watch him back, he's always fully forward or fully back on his stumps it's yeah really masterful to watch and I don't know if you've seen as well there's like the um it's like a side by side of when he was struggling for runs of his like backward press because you know he takes that sort of half backward step yeah um, in his in his press um and when he's out of nick the like gap between his two feet are like it's so much bigger whereas recently when he's been in good nick like it's so much like smaller, yeah. closer together. Like everything's more compact. Like, like you say, so good at just like judging length and then um, like sweeping, man. So much sweeping. Like such a good sweeper. Of yeah. Ball. yeah. On on the captaincy point, his rhythm. Um, I was gonna say like on the captaincy point, should we jump straight into the the declaration chat? And yeah, there was a lot yeah. of that, wasn't there? A lot of um, yeah. they're batting too long. Get on with it. Michael Vaughan, piece of work he is, isn't he? Um, yeah, and it's a shame one of those quite vocal on Twitter. Um, yeah. yeah, there was just there was that little period on the fourth evening after tea. Yeah, the game wasn't really going anywhere, was it? But I think having heard Root speak afterwards, it was very sort of, they knew their plan. They wanted 400 plus, um, which in the end, it paid dividends, didn't it? And they won with two hours to go. So I think that kind of shut the critics up a bit. <laughs> Yeah, no. I think what annoys me as well is the um, is like with with journo's like you and me were both doing the journalism like masters at the moment, and like with so many sports journalists, you sort of expect it to be like, oh, is this declaration 
was too late like it's taking too long all of this but with Vaughn it was sort of like annoying and I found this with him in the past as well as he's yeah. so keen on just destroying the England team yeah he can and be like, niggly can't he from like a sports journalist I'd expect it but for him like being ex-England captain you just thought that he'd have like a degree of like sympathy towards like what it's like being a player and copying so much that he's just like contributed so much more to that of like let's just tear players up let's tear teams up let's question captaincies and he's like you probably experienced that as a player like do you not have yeah. any remorse for that like he he really annoys me on that front that yeah, it's like, definitely just sort of increases criticism like yeah. unnecessarily as well because it's quite clear what England's plans were and like I think Alistair Cook said on the Channel 4 punditry, like, I think he literally said, they are no mugs, like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. There's so much cricket knowledge in that team and the backroom staff, like, they're not idiots. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. they, are, they are our England national team for a reason, kind of trust the process. Um, yeah. Like, they're not just some club cricketers down the local village pub playing cricket. Oh, man. Um, you imagine? Yeah, I mean, yeah, more these He's a bit like Piers Morgan in that respect, isn't he? He's almost yeah. looking for a for a nibble from somebody. Um, Do you think he's getting lined up to be like the next boycott, just a like grouchy yeah. northerner that only likes pundit. the front dog cover drive, and that's about it? Yeah, but yeah, you need him, I guess, don't you? But they can also yeah. be annoying. Um, yeah, and carrying on with the cricket, I guess. Other sort of notable performances. I thought Leach was really good um, in that. Yeah. In that final innings, like especially after some of the some of the damage that Pant gave him in the first innings, I think I've got a stat here. His economy rate up until Pant was dismissed was nine point six two, and one point seven afterwards. So you know, that says a lot about his character, which he's shown all through his career. Really, like whether it be battling his sepsis off the field or um, or on the field, he does show a lot of character and kind of comes back from these adversaries which is commendable really yeah um, man, sure he got absolutely pumped early doors didn't he by Pan. yeah he's really up against it it is um, nice you're right it is nice to see him come come back both in the context of like his career but also in the context of that game um to come yeah. back and, and finish things off um yeah. obviously you can't can't really talk about this test without talking about that over from anderson as well yeah yes. yeah that He's was, like a fine wine. Yeah, that is. I've got one here that's um from Ben Jones on Twitter, who's a I think he's sort of like Crickviz stat guy. Yeah. Um, and England's leading Test wicket takers go broad five seventeen, both in three eighty three. Anderson since turning thirty three hundred forty three. Um, and then Willis yeah. three two five, Truman three oh seven, Underwood two nine seven, and then Anderson before turning thirty two six eight. Yeah. So. You can pretty much take from take from that what it is. I mean, that is yeah. ridiculous. Not only he, since like with since turning thirty as well, he's just piled on the wickets. And like you'd yeah. have thought, a seamer, especially with like was about a year ago or so, he like had a little bit of sort yeah. of injury. yeah, and he's had a couple of injuries as well. Yeah. I don't know. He said he said after the game, didn't he? Like, there's no reason why I can't play, can't keep playing, and keep improving. Yeah. Um, Thirty-eight. Sorry. Yeah, 30? yeah, yeah. Made his test. Made his test debut in two thousand three. <laughs> so I'd have been. I'd have been five years old. <laughs> Which is incredible. Like to keep going at the highest level like that. Worth noting as well. I think England's last tour of India, 
he um he was left he was left out of the Chennai test because he was deemed a bit too old and not very effective in those conditions. I think since then he's got 144 wickets at less than 20 apiece. So it's yeah that um that old age sort of rhetoric and argument that Anderson is only good in England with a cloud cover and a Duke's ball. I think is a bit tenuous now. Definitely, like he's he's shown how skillful he is in different conditions. Gets the ball reverse swing. He's so accurate. Um, and yeah, 144 wickets at less than 20 since he was left out of the last Chennai Test in 2016 is yeah a credit to him. And I think he's he's more than just a, a one trick pony in England when there's cloud cover and he's got Duke's ball in his hand. I think he's yeah he's he's shown he's a lot better than that. That's that's another thing as well, because like going back on, like you said, Ali Cook on comms going like this England team with no mugs. It's like he's not going to be like a bowler with those sort of stats by just being able to turn up in England. Like granted, those are the conditions that favour him best, but like he's just good everywhere. Like maybe with the exception of Australia, but even there he can still turn up. Like it's, it's just such an easy thing that like, Again, it's probably like a sports journalism thing. Like, just let's let's just say that he's only good one place, and then just make it out like he's bad everywhere else, so that we can throw in some like yeah. controversy into the into the discussion. When really, I don't think it should really be a controversial thing. He's good everywhere, and yeah. you know, to leave him out of the test anywhere is, you know, you've got to have serious balls to do that. Like with his yeah. track record, and just as sports fans, just appreciate him whilst he lasts. Like. He's exactly, a genuine, genuine legend of English—not just English cricket, but English sport—and um, he's not going to be around forever. Um, and I think, yeah, he'd be the sort of guy who, when we tour India again in a few years, he probably, probably won't be around. I don't know. He might be, but yeah. you'd think, oh, I wish we had Anderson. When actually, people, people slag him off a bit in, in those sort of conditions. So I think, yeah, you just got to appreciate a, a legend, really. Um, mm. Appreciate how good he is. Um, um, I saw Nas Nasu saying say it was a I can't remember like exactly what it was like. He basically said it was a near per where it was a perfect performance, mm. um, and it was just a really good like test match. Like it was a really good test match in the sense is that like the first innings we put on a pile of runs. Like we didn't yeah. like because even when you're watching like as a neutral in a different test, when you see a team like get bowled out for a hundred on the first innings it's like it's funny like yeah. that is funny because it's so yeah. village yeah. but like but from a from a level, it's like you know you just know that that team's going to get pumped for the rest of the four days whereas this one was like you know it felt like a real technical challenge or like a real tactical challenge throughout the whole five days yeah um yeah. And it was a really, really good contest. And it was a really Certainly good Certainly ebbed and flowed a bit as well. Like India had yeah. their moment. Um, exactly. And it was a really good, like, I thought it was a good advert for, for test cricket rather than just like... test cricket, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And and it's nice to see, like, it's nice to look at that top five, six and, like, feel that every single one of them could, could go really long and have a really long bat. Because, like, for years it's just been like, well... You know, route maybe seventy odd openers. We have none at the moment, but like now, it's just like you feel confident watching England. That, like, yeah, they can get runs, and same with India. And that's why I think this series is going to be seriously good because you know they they turned up in Australia 
that was a good series, man. Really good series. Yeah, and then, overturned Australia in, in Australia. Yeah, at the Gabba as well. Yeah, yeah. Big. Um, and then, and then, yeah, so players like Rishabh Pant, he's... Yeah, he's, he's a match winner, isn't he? And just go, yeah. going back to that declaration chat we had earlier, I think a lot of England's hesitancy, if you can call it that, I guess, was shaped around Pant. Like, it says a lot when, when one man can have that impact on the opposition changing room. Yeah. ultimately, England, they had what? They had 400 on the board. India would have needed four and over, 100 overs to get it. The only danger there is Pant because Root knew in the back of his mind if Pant bats for 30, 40 overs, the game could be out of sight. Like he's he's that special. He and yeah, can... just going back to the the whole performance, I guess. Like Root said afterwards, that that's England's blueprint, especially overseas, is bat first, bat big, um, get five hundred plus. Um, yeah, and that's their sort of blueprint of winning games of cricket, and then the bowling unit kind of share the burden um and yeah that 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 first innings was so impressive scoring i know mostly led by root but sibley was also really good worth mm. noting he's now got back-to-back 50s in asia which for someone who faced a lot of scrutiny um at the start of the sri lanka tour in particular um he's really come back a bit like leech he's shown he can show a lot of character learn um and keep improving which i think is a real healthy place to be um no man for sure definitely, definitely. i think um that that india team as well because i don't want to talk just just england i mean it's easier because like it's it's what i know more of but that yeah. i do want to keep it you know balanced to some degree yeah, and that that india team i mean that depth is is frightening really i mean you've got like these new kids going through like um what like gill and sundar yeah he looks like a quality player players. Mate, serious players like Ravi Ashwin as well showed his worth, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's now he's the only spinner in the top 10 bowling rankings, so yeah, he's he's a world class spinner, isn't he? Like both first innings containing, and I don't know where Lion's not in the top 10. Is Lion not in there? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, Ashwin's the only one now got 300 wickets in Asia, I think. So yeah, he's a he's a real threat going forward for the rest of the series, I think. England will need to negate him. As well, just talking about Lyon, I know we weren't actually due to talk about this, but I've just seen it on BBC Sport. The stuff about Langer, have you seen any of this? It's just basically like saying that after that defeat, he's been like really intense and like, oh, where did I hear it? Might have been on another podcast or reading it somewhere where like they, like the players are getting sick of him, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. He- he does like use that word intense. He does strike me as very intense, and when things aren't going wrong, I can't imagine he's an overly pleasant guy to work with. Um, what I, what I find like he'd, quite he'd, funny. he'd let you know it. Um, oh, yeah. What I find quite even, funny is that like um, it's like he was brought in after Sandpapergate. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, after Sandpaper. After what was that coach? What was it? Australia coach at the time. Um, Darren Lehman, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. He was, because they were like, oh, Lehman's just like promoted this like mentality that's so like stupidly competitive that people are just like going in on each other in the dressing room. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, we'll bring Langer in to fix it. And now it's like <laughs> too yeah. intense. Everyone's had lost their heads. Like, exactly. Again, like, are, are Australia going back to their old ways again? Yeah. 
not a culture of youth is there is it just like can they like ever change that or are they just like is that such a like Australian thing it's so ingrained like puff out your chest cricket and just really yeah really go after them like yeah be interesting to see what happens there when they play um South Africa as well we'll have to keep an eye on that one um yeah 100% try and cover that yeah Um, anything else on on um, cricket looking forward for the next test I mean yeah I think yeah, so I think, well, like Root said, that England have got to be really cautious. I think in- India are probably at their most dangerous now, having lost a test. Like, they're, they're going to be properly on it um, at the start of the second test. So I think it's important, like like Root said, England don't sort of celebrate too hard and think they're the best team in the world after beating them once. Like, it's a four-test series, so there's a long way to go. Um, yeah. India are going to be right up for it, second test. So, yeah, and also the conditions, like what sort of pitch will they prepare for the second test? Because I know that that first day it was very flat. They could go Turner from day one, which, and then just try and outspin England, which will be interesting. Yeah, well, that would depend. That would be another big, like, big one on the toss, wouldn't it? Depending exactly, on the yeah. Yeah, because, like, yeah, the, 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 the toss was huge in that first test. Um, yeah. The pitch being that flat. First innings was the time to bat. Um, it was oh, only yeah. ever going to get worse. Um, so yeah, yeah I reckon that's all well, for Yeah, good to, it's good to see it back. It's good seeing them playing. Yeah, um, it is. It is nice. Have like a, it's nice to have a long test series as well. I sort of felt that, like, not only with the like Sri Lankan, the Sri Lankan series was good, but it was like a two game series. And yeah. like, England did pretty much sort of bat, bat most of that series. Whereas this is going to be, this feels like a more even contesting because it's a longer series as well. I think it's going to have like a real depth to it. I think it's going to be really exciting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think I we can call. Cool. We should have started this before. I did call cool. one one or two two. So, I, I said draw at the start. I thought it would be close. I reckon that's that's still in the pipeline. I reckon, yeah. What a draw for the series? Yeah, I think. Yeah, draw for the series. I reckon. Yeah, like I can def I can definitely see that happen. Should we move on to football? Yeah, move on to move on to football. Yeah, so what we got? We got Pogba out. That's probably a good place to start. Yeah. Um, that's pretty big yeah, for definitely. them at the moment. It's it's starting to feel, I don't know about you, but since Christmas, like United just, or like just before Christmas, United like really took off. And then within a month, they went from being like knocked out of the Europa, the Champions League, sorry, to then like being up there in like first and second position and it happened all very quickly that like to me it's now starting to feel like they're slowing down a bit um you know that draw against Everton um the loss against Sheffield at home it's sort of like you know I don't want to jump on a bandwagon and say the wheels have come off and they're going to have to finish fifth because that's obviously not going to happen but like it does feel like they're slowing down. They feel a little bit surprised to have been in that position and maybe not yeah. made the most of it. And then with Pogba being out as well, it's like that's I think that's definitely gonna hit them hit them very hard. Cause like even though he's very much a form player and like I think he only plays well when United as a team are playing well. Like mm. I don't I can't see him being in there in the trenches with that United yeah. team when carrying them through tough times. You know, because when United are playing poorly, like he doesn't get a start. Mm. Whereas when they're playing well, he's in there and he's he's making he's making a massive difference. 
I suppose the natural conversation is going to be who's going to replace him and how, what system are they going to play? Because there's not really, they're going to replace him with probably a more defensive midfielder, aren't they? Well, yeah, there's no obvious kind of like to like, is there? Um, It's like you look at that, you look at the United squad, it's just ridiculous depth. Like some weeks, they've arguably got the best bench in Europe some weeks. Like when you've got Van der Beek, Cavani, Greenwood, Tellez, yeah, on the bench, it's ridiculous depth. I've always thought, I said it last year, I thought thought they'd get close this season, but also I, I think they'll get close, but I don't think they'll actually do it. I don't think they've got that sort of cutting edge. I don't, I don't think Ollie's got that that winning mentality at that level as a manager to really kind of push them above City and Liverpool. The game against Everton, they played McTominay and Pogba and then, and then Pogba came off for Fred. Fred, yeah. Fred's been playing well, hasn't he? But again, he's, he's, a, he's a holding midfielder. He's not... Yeah, and they've got McTominay in there to hold as it is. I mean, do you bring mm. Van der Beek in, but then can you play Van der Beek and Fernandes together? Yeah, yeah exactly. They, like, can, you play, can you play 4-1-4-1 and maybe just play McTominay on his own? But then again, mm. is that is there enough... Sufficient like, cover. Defensive, yeah, is there enough defensive cover for like the likes of Maguire and stuff? Yeah, it's interesting. They've got Sociedad, haven't they, in the um, Europa, who are decent side have been doing well in Spain so that'll be interesting so I, I, th- I think they fancy themselves getting quite far in the Europa League but yeah it will be interesting and it'll be interesting to see how Oli manages that hopefully if, well if they do get a run in the Europa going and managing that with Premier League expectations but I think yeah going wider in the Premier League I think like City have been so impressive haven't they like Stones and Diaz have kind of revolutionised their defence um, yeah, so when they lost to Leicester at the start of the season was it 5-2 they lost Leicester at home when Vardy got a hat-trick there, there were so many question marks about even Guardiola believe it or not like the defence um, like they've got serious issues and they bought Diaz in a, in January um, and him and Stones have been unbelievable in defence with then Cancelo as well Um and yeah, they've really, really changed their sort of changed their fortunes around by yeah keeping clean sheets, and they're always going to score goals, um, even without kind of recognised nine without Aguero. They've got the quality, and now what are they five points clear with the game in hand, yeah. eight points clear potentially. The amount of options that England have got going forward, um, that's probably a topic for another day. But um, yeah. well, we're going to talk so about many good English talent. It's it's exciting, and it's. They've just got to be nurtured and used in the right way, haven't they? Which will be the biggest task. Yeah, um, I mean, we've we've got a Euro, we've probably got like a Euro England selection chat in the future because, um, yeah. I mean, we're a bit far out yet, but that is going to be a, a good app to tune into if any of you, if any of you fancy it, because it is, I mean, we were talking about it the other day, it's like you, you play, you mentioned one player. Um, or two players for positions that you think are dead certs, and then the person you're talking to just raises three other players in exactly the same position. So, yeah. so yeah, keep keep tuned for the future because that is going to be a thing that we are going to be chatting about near the time. Yeah, so I reckon. Although um, going back to the the top four um, chat that we were sort of having and, and sort of title race mm. and stuff, I think it might have been on on Sky. They were talking that um, City are only like a few points ahead of where they were last season. So and yeah. the season, this season is far closer than it was last year because obviously Liverpool were, you know, pretty expected yeah. to do it by this time last year. So yeah. I wouldn't, 
like even though City are playing like really good football and even without the likes of De Bruyne or, or an Aguero or whatever, like, you know, they're still not untouchable at this stage. No, certainly not. And no. just because they've played some good football, you know, you can't rule out the likes of like Leicester. Mm. Bloody, bloody love Leicester, mate. That's, that's yeah. a great. Yeah, Leicester again. They're doing they're, they're doing so well, but you feel like they're they're always one or two injuries away. Which I know they're not blessed with a massive squad like like City, like United. Um, but yeah, you always feel like they're. I know Vardy's been injured the last few weeks, hasn't he? Um, Ian Acho started. If Madison gets injured again because he's playing really well, Vardy stays injured. They lose one of the centre halves. Like things can easily change for them. But yeah, you love seeing them do well because it's a proper great team to watch and do things the right way don't they which is yeah. um, I mean you look, at this, you look at this top five at the moment you've got City, United Leicester, Liverpool and then Chelsea mm. I think United we've discussed are very competitive at the moment they've got a lot of depth but then they also seem to have slowed down the last couple of weeks yeah. and they just they have a they have a awful result in them like the Sheffield United defeat for instance yeah. like they just have those games in them once every few weeks. Like I want to um, see, I want to see them like put put that away and sort of stop. It's almost like I mean, a big thing on Sky Comms recently has been that like they're like surprised to be there in that position. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, I do. Ollie think, said that as well, hasn't he? Like yeah. weird. It doesn't. It doesn't ring a great tune around the dressing room if your manager's saying we won't win the league. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and like, we're ready for next year sort of thing. I mean, just yeah. like, if there's ever a season to do it, like, you know, this yeah. is perfect, perfect position. Liverpool are like, you know, I don't want to call it capitulation, but mm. like, they are, they're in poor nick. Leicester, yeah, like you yeah. said, they don't have the biggest depth. City yeah. are missing De Bruyne until the 21st of February at least. Yeah. Aguero, they're refusing to play Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. So they're playing without a natural goal really score. Really on number nine, yeah. If there's a season for United to do it, it would very much be this season. But the that's, last... a, that's an interesting point, actually. And that's a, definitely a, a lesson as an Arsenal fan that Arsenal have learned because the year that Leicester won it was the year that Arsenal really should yeah, have won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arsenal finished second that year. And looking back, that was the year that we needed to break our... To, to break the drought and win the Premier League and haven't had a chance since, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's important. Yeah, like you think they should really be on it and um, do everything in their powers to win the league. And you think um, a team like... Oli doesn't seem to be thinking that. A team like United as well, with that, with that legacy behind them, with that, like, history, like, potentially one of the, like, one of the most, like, historically rich football clubs in England, if not the world, like... Well... You know, they have yeah. so much behind them in terms of history that you'd have thought that would really have, like, kicked in um, Be their mindset, their attitude to it. And they go, yeah, like, fucking hell, boys, like, this is our year. Let's let's actually do it rather than, like, the current attitude almost seems like it's a bit like an idealistic thing. Like, yeah. oh, it would be nice okay. if rather than, yeah. no, we're going to. So I think, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the coming weeks. Um, who do they have? So they've got West Brom, Newcastle. And uh, Chelsea, Chelsea and then Man United. That'll be a massive two games. Chelsea and City away. Yeah. End of the month and start of March. That that could be a real a real turning point because if they can get six points out of the West Brom and Newcastle games and then you know wins at both Chelsea and City, you know, it's hard yeah. to it's hard to write them off from that position. 
because that's the start of yeah, March then yeah. you have what you've got a few months left in the season you've beaten who the team who are currently number one I mean yeah this is this is a big month then it would seem for United both with yeah, Europa yeah. in the mixer there as well games against Sociedad yeah, I, I think they'd want to do well it um, and that game's been moved, isn't it? I think, or are they, or are they still yeah. playing? So that moves us on pretty nicely to European football. Um, Champions League kicking yeah. off on the on the sixteenth of Feb on Tuesday. Guys could have midweek football back, and the games are good. Right. Yeah, the games yeah, are good man. The, the Champions League. the Champions League games are really looking saucy. You got like Barca, Chelsea, PSG. let's go, good. Yeah, Barca, PSG. Um, Leipzig Liverpool will be a decent game. Like there's there's a lot of good footy there. Um we got fancy Leipzig to to do a job on Liverpool actually. Like they're exciting yeah. exciting team. Nagelsmann is a really like good young manager. They play exciting football. Um, they beat United didn't they, to knock to knock United out. And I think yeah, they'll they'll definitely be out to to sort of make the most of Liverpool's frailties and I think over two legs, why not? Other than that, any any potential upsets? I can't see. I expect City to be glad back. Um, yeah. Um, um, been moved. Chelsea LF will be a good one. Um, yeah, the Liverpool and glad back games are going to be played in Budapest now. Okay. Uh, due to COVID. The old COVID stuff um, imposed by Germany, basically travel ban on on. I don't know if it's specifically people from the UK, but you know that's mm-hmm. not happening. That that would be. Are they open? Are they opening up? That's going to be a good a good booze up for those teams, isn't it? Yeah, that'd be good fun, wouldn't it? Little layover in Budapest. Couple of couple of midweekers in Budapest. Yeah, tuck into the <laughs> tuck into the pilsners, mate. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be quite tasty. Yeah, and yeah. Chelsea Atletico in Bucharest. That'd be that'd be all right as well. Yeah. Little midweek blowouts for the teams. Um, nah, but um, yeah, I mean, Porto, Juventus. Um, expect Juventus to yeah. be the Ronaldo show you'd expect. Loves yeah. the Champions League, doesn't he? Then that, that Barca PSG game will be pretty good, I think. Yeah, Neymar back to Barca. Um, yeah, but then, and then Barca aren't, you know, you know, they've. Yeah, and you think also going back to the PSG Barca. Um, Massive onus on Pochettino getting the job at PSG. I imagine one of the one of the big sort of specs of the job role would have been we want to win the Champions League. Um, yeah. No, Tuchel hasn't done it in the last few years. They got to the final, didn't they, against Bayern last year? Um, and they got knocked out. Do they get knocked out of the semis? Yeah, yeah. They always get their their bounce, don't they? Yeah. Um, I imagine there'll be massive pressure on Pochettino to. Um, the owners will want want a good run, if not winning the Champions League. So yeah. with no, the amount of resources that they've got, it doesn't seem like the league one is enough for them anymore. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting one to watch. Um, and Barca as well, like they've had a tough year. Um, Coman in there now, um, a lot of scrutiny around him, and a lot of debate about whether Messi wants to be there or not um, with a young team around him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that that's probably tired the round, isn't it? You'd say. PSG, um, Barca. PSG, Barca. Yeah, probably. Um, I think the Atletico Chelsea game is good, but like the players yeah. aren't really, or the teams aren't of the same like caliber as those two. P- 
PSG Barcelona, mm-hmm. like historically. I mean, I mean the Atletico team is pretty good at the moment, to be fair. But yeah, we'll see. That's, it's going to be yeah. some good footy, some good meat, Chelsea. some good midweek jars for the fellas, mate. Yeah. Always little... a nice, nice treat in lockdown. Yeah, midweek. Some entertainment behind the watch from the Champions League. Oh, yeah, mate. Getting blackout. <laughs> um, what else? Do you want to go got? on to rugby? We'll keep. Yeah, going. we can move on to rugby. England this v Scotland. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, I, watched, I watched a bit of it. I'm not a massive rugby fan, but yeah, I always know losing to Scotland isn't good. Yeah. You've got just like, it just felt very one one dimensional. Um, I think, I think as well, the, um, the ref pinged us off the park early doors, um, you know, which isn't, isn't his fault. It's his job. But like we, we based our game heavily around defence, which we've done quite a lot of late. And then, and then, when we get the penalties off the back of good defence, we then pin the team back with really good territorial kicking, like the Ireland game in the Autumn Nations Cup. We, I think, we had thirty-two percent possession, maybe off the top of my head. Um, yeah. And we came in at half time on on similar, similar. I think it was twenty-eight percent possession or something at half time. You know, we. It wasn't unusual for us to not have the ball because that's what we've played of late. Instead of getting the penalties in defence, we were conceding them. And then when we did get the ball, we were kicking it away. Not it, it, We weren't kicking like very well territorially, offensively. Like it was, We were still kicking on the back foot. So it just meant mm-hmm. that they were getting the ball and running it straight back down our throats again. And, and they yeah. played a good game. They played a really clever game. And Eddie Jones came out and sort of basically apologised to the players, saying that he hadn't really prepared them properly. But I do think that there's That's got quite to be... refreshing, isn't it, nowadays for managers to do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to talk, really. Yeah, it's um, nice to take ownership of it. But then you know, he's always been that sort of character to yeah to be yeah. quite outspoken about. Yeah, um, as opposed to a Jose Mourinho who <laughs> blames yeah. his players, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> which, which he hates to see, but sort of he's like hates, Bale, hates Ali. Yeah, it's, it's but, never his fault. It's his players' fault. Yeah, but, you know, it was like, I think there was a real, there's been a lot of chat about other Saracens players washed out because they've been, um, they got relegated, obviously, last year because of their um, yeah. financial buggery. You know, you can see a sense of that. Like, Vinopola looked a bit off-colour. Itoje wasn't yeah, very... So disappointed. most of them stayed there, have Farron yeah, and Itoje, they, they stayed there, but they don't, they don't really play. They just play their academy team against all of the championship teams. Yeah. Um, so, so they're well, not playing rugby, really. They play a few seri- senior players, um, <laughs> and I haven't really looked at it in much depth, to be honest. But like, you it's know, it is it is heavily academy based. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I feel like it's all a bit one dimensional, just relying on defence and then and then kicking territorially. Like, if the defence isn't firing or we're getting a ref who's pinging us at a particularly mm-hmm. high rate. I feel like there's got to be a plan B to to keep hold of the ball. But then again, going back to the cricket chat, like these are these are the international coaches, like they're they're yeah. no mugs. Like yeah, Jones has, Jones has got to have a second plan. Um, we just probably haven't seen it yet. Um, but it'll be interesting to see when when we do see the response because next week we're playing Italy, which is well this this coming Saturday because we're recording this on a on a Wednesday. Um, so this Saturday they're playing. Um, Italy at home and you know that's probably probably going to be a win for England um, yeah 
Without sound. really doing much. Yeah, without, and we probably won't have to change much. And mm-hmm. it, yeah. I think, it, and then there's a week's break and then we play Wales on the 27th. So I think that Wales game in the future is where we're really going to see whether or not we've remedied the performance against Scotland or not, yeah. because they, they played a decent game against Ireland as well. I mean, the two of those, those two teams have got fairly new coaching staffs um, and it was a good game. Uh, red card for a high shot. That was pretty fair enough um, from Peter Armani, I think it was. Where were we? So, uh, yeah, sorry, carry on with the... Um, yeah, so basically Ireland, Ireland kick it out on the full instead of, um, yeah. well, out the back of the out of back of the pitch rather than out for a line out um being and they were five points behind i think so they could have scored off the back of them all and then converted it and won the game after being one man down for a lot of the game they took it out the back because they're shit dumb like that was it it was so painful to watch because it was quite nice to see because often in like rugby at the moment like as soon as a player goes to the bin or gets sent off it's like game over pretty much um like that gets unless it's like 10 minutes left in the game like if the team has like 20 minutes to exploit that like they're going to put points on and Ireland played really well considering they were they were one man down and and Wales probably didn't exploit it as much as they should have done but then Wales won anyway because of a stupid mistake by by the Irish and you know I don't want to um yeah you know I'd probably shank it straight through the post run <laughs> out it, but it's it's um it was annoying really because I think Ireland could could have gone away and, and won that game. But yeah, so we're gonna have to find out what England are gonna do to improve yeah. in, in like three weeks. So it'll be hard to tell hard to tell really. Yeah. Uh, going forward, like I said, England v Italy. Um Italy lost, didn't they, at the weekend, got battered by France. Yeah, they got carved up by France. I mean, they played a good sort of first half hour, maybe, first, first yeah. half. Um, and then the scoreline, just second half, France just ran away with it. They're, like, they're, just, they're so methodical and surgical at the moment. They're, they're like, they're red hot. I mean, I'm not going to, like, we lost our first game of those Six Nations last year against France. And there was a big, like, England are fucking shit. Like England are gonna lose yeah. six nations and we ended up winning. So like I'm not gonna sit right here and off. I'm not gonna sit here and write off England and you know say that France are gonna win. Having said that, France do look red hot and, and England probably do need to adapt their attack a little bit. Um yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean Antoine Dupont, the French nine, is just he's probably the best player in the world right now. I mean yeah. he's so good. Fair enough. So, so good to watch, man. Uh, yeah, proper player. And then, so France take on Ireland. That'll be a good game, I think. And then Scotland take on Wales. So that'll be, uh, it's going to be a good week, actually, I think. Really good, good weekend week. of sport. Yeah, yeah, really good weekend. Um, good, and then, yeah, other than that, one rugby. yeah, other than that, we've got Bristol v Gloucester on Friday. Which will be a really yeah. interesting derby, but I think I think Bristol should. That'd be that'd be a good one if fans were in the stadium, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it would be actually. But I think yeah. I think Bristol will do a number on them because Gloucester have been in in pretty poor nick to the best of yeah. my knowledge. Yeah, so Gloucester are a rock bottom, and and Bristol are atop both ends of the table playing each other in a derby. Um, I can't see it yeah. ending too. And then, and then, final funny bit is that um, Saracens lost to Ealing Trailfinders a few days ago, which is you know fucking hilarious, crazy, isn't it? 
Yeah, I can't yeah, find really, it. I don't know how like, Saracen's doing. I mean, I imagine they'd be doing fine. I mean, they are Saracens after all. But, yeah, yeah. Like, if they need if they needed to win games, like they have to come back up, don't they? Um, yeah, they they will. Like they'll just play their big guns if they need to win. It'd literally be like um, like City getting put in the Vanarama League One. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just walk, play walk through it. Yeah, they yeah. just play their academy players, lose the old game here and there. To be honest, it is news, but like it's not really like it's just funny, really, rather than anything else. So that's all for the first episode of Propping Up the Bar. Thanks a lot for tuning in and hope to catch you next time.